Coming up, gut punched in the fourth. The Brooklyn Nets battle all the way back on a great performance from Cam Thomas only to be smited by Steph Curry. We break down the one in three now West Coast trip for the Nets coming up next. You are locked on Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Arnbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We're 100% free on all those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. And Doug... 124-120, maybe a game you thought was already done at a certain point. The Nets really do battle back, so it only makes it that much worse that they don't get it across the line and get the win. I mean, credit to the Nets. I thought this game was over four separate times, and it still went down to almost the last shot. And so I guess we could we could start by talking about how this team does really fight. Like, just about every game this season, they've been in. Even games where it felt like they could have easily rolled over. I've watched enough NBA this season to know that there's plenty of other teams that do roll over in these situations kind of time and time again. Uh, the Nets just aren't built like that, and so it's a credit to them. It's what makes sometimes when we get to this point – where it makes the losses feel that much worse because yeah. it feels like, oh, it, what could have been? And I think this, if, if there's a theme of this season, I think it's I think it's two things, right? It's like the team has outperformed expectations, I think, in the macro sense. And there's still a what could have been because there's been so many games that they've been in late that they just didn't pull out, right? And so this one definitely fills into that same theme we saw, you know, against the Cavs, against the Mavs, against the Hawks. I mean, we've seen lots of games where it looks like they could get over the hump, and some they have, uh, but and then this one they didn't. But this was a weird game. We're going to talk about a lot of it. Cam Thomas, Steph Curry, obviously all this stuff. But I think for me, like that's where this one lands. It's 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 along a thing that's tracked for the Nets this season, which is they stick in games, they fight really hard, and when you do that. You know, you might be like tail coin flip at the end, and they're kind of probably trending around 50% where that's concerned. Yeah. And you give up 70 points in the first half to the Warriors. Obviously, you're down double digits. And as you mentioned it there, they go to the fourth quarter, they're down 89 95, and they close this thing out. They end up being up at one point here uh, as they get down into what 99 99. They nodded it up, and then they got up 101 to 99. And that quickly turned right back around on some three-point shooting from the Golden State Warriors, as we often expect them to be. Uh, you know, it's funny, man. I, I will just say, on the now one and three on the road trip now, we talked about this after, after they got the win against Phoenix. It was like, well, okay, come on. We got to dial this thing up. It's gone the wrong way the last two games, which is unfortunate. But then the other part about, like, raising the expectations, I, I, I do wonder, it's like, now when does it switch, right? Because I agree with you that this is a game you could have folded up and not been a part of it. Could have been a blowout and, you know, yeah. all the scrubs are in the fourth quarter. Okay, fine. But the other side of it is, 
is now that you've exceeded expectations, it's yep. set a new bar of expectations, right? And that's really why when you when you and I talked about this game, it was like, well, you have to go get this win against the Warriors now. They're not the same Warriors team. Turns out it's the same it's the same Steph Curry, but you felt like this is a game that you could have and should have gone out and win. It's a 10 and 14 team in the Warriors. So yeah. I do have a little bit of disappointment, like just behind this all. It's great that they've battled back. It's great that they don't check out. And also... I think I look back at this game and say, you probably shouldn't have, I mean, I know you shouldn't have given up 70 in the first half. You shouldn't have been down double just the way you were because it always makes that climb to get back into it that much harder. Oh yeah. Uh, don't get confused. I don't think this is like a moral victory and I'm definitely not in a good mood about it. I, this, right. I, this was, this was, I felt very bummed, like watching that Mikhail, I mean, up, almost uncontested layup, not go down at the end was, yeah was brutal i guess i was just trying to look at it from a macro level on a micro level i feel the same way i i feel like you come out of this and you're like oh it's deflating you want to see them get over the hump you want to see them get into these late game situations and be able to take it down you want them to win and they definitely could have won this is a this game didn't sort of track like some other close games we've seen yeah in that it wasn't close all the way throughout the nets also made just some absolutely brutal errors that you know can end up making you feel even worse. I mean, like inexplicable turnovers, yeah. uh, lots of them <laughs> in, in this game, like two Dinwiddie throwaways, uh, the Claxton one, they get the foul call at the end from uh, Royce with that, like with 0.1 seconds. I mean, there's some super weird yeah, stuff yeah. that happened within this game. Any one of those things. And you think to yourself, you know, maybe the Nets just win by a couple. I don't know, probably not, but you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, and then, and then, you know, you look at, I don't want to, I'm not even playing at the feet of any of these guys. It's more to say that like this game just tracks a season long theme. And we yeah, felt yeah, massive, sure. we felt massive disappointment after each one of those other games that I just mentioned before, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it is disappointing. It's just, it, it, it just has been the theme. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to gloss over the fact that they are the reason that we, we are disappointed and the reason the expectations are go up is because the team plays so hard every night. That's that was the only point I was trying to make. No, no, and you're right. But yeah, right. You you can't be disappointed in a close loss unless you're in a close game to lose it, right? Which is like it's like exactly. this unfortunate way to frame it. But you go, but unless you're a team that's scrappy and is going to battle back and knock down big shots and make a game of it in the fourth quarter, then we're actually just talking about a season long theme of how this team fades. And when they're down at half, they don't come out with the same sense of urgency in the second half of these games. So ultimately, it, it still goes down as a loss on the score sheet. And it's like a it's a for it's a sports fans paradox because it you are stuck in this <laughs> good weird enough to compete, maybe not good enough to always win right like totally that's, yeah. totally and and this game and that's all I, that's all I'm saying is like you get stuck in this you it's it it's it's it ends up being brutal only because it's good right? <laughs> right. It, yeah, yeah yeah it's not like we're not like the Pistons it's like hey go out and lose you know lose twenty four straight games by forty every night like that's a totally different kind of thing right and then that's a and different then a few, disappointment. <laughs> Of course, of course, right? And and so the Nets are just in this weird spot where they are. I I still believe, even with this game, that this team is exceeding expectations. Like this team went into. Mm. I know the Warriors are, are are a tough team. They went in there, they were down a ton of points. They watched Steph go complete God mode, yeah. right? In in the second half of this game, and that would be enough for you to be like, hey, we can't win, right? And by the way, Steph has spent a whole career showing guys that the teams they cannot win when he goes into that mode, right? Yeah. And he did it 
and they still were down there the last shot. That's this is where you get stuck in between of these feelings. That's all I'm trying. That, if, I hope that makes sense. No, 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 hundred percent. I want to touch on expectations here uh, as we go coming up in a second and talk about Steph Curry, what he did in the second half, trying to go toe to toe, and the thing that worked for much of the early portion of this game, Mikhail Bridges on Steph Curry just could not survive a full four quarters. We'll dive into that and other key sequences coming up here in just one moment. All right, before we get to that. Hey, better friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made so, so easy because they took all the best parts of daily fantasy, they eliminated the annoying parts, and they just made a really, really fun product that you can get into every single night. All you're doing over on Prize Picks is you're going more or less on the Prize Picks projections. So you're not wrangling with salaries, you're not going against sharks in the water over there. Prize Picks puts up their numbers, and you just go more or less on those numbers. You combine two to five players together, like the points, rebounds, assists, block deals. That's for basketball. If you want to go football, obviously touchdowns, rushing yards, receiving yards. You can even uh, mix and match sports. So you're just, you know, into something on a Sunday. You want to get a little hoops, a little NFL. It's all there for you over on Prize Picks right now. You go over to prizepicks.com uh, slash lockdown NBA. Use the code lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. It's prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use code lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Uh, Price picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. So as we continue our wrap up of the Brooklyn Nets Saturday night special, 124 120 loss to the Golden State Warriors. We said it there at the end, just quickly on expectations. I want to, uh, the one thing is, I think I'm close to you mentioned at the end that you still believe this team is exceeding expectations. And I know what you mean by that, but I also think we're getting to the place where it's no longer exceeding expectations because we've reset. There's something yeah. different now in terms of what you want out of this season. And it's why it makes a game like this. We said coming in, like go get this win, get to two and two on the road trip, make it possible to have a winning West coast trip before you come back home. Knowing you even have the nuggets back at Barclays center coming up here. But in the fourth quarter of this game, and really the second half as well, Mikhail Bridges did an excellent job guarding Steph Curry for a lot of this game. And then Steph Curry took over. And I know we're going to talk about Cam Thomas, too, and a wasted excellent performance from him. This is also one of those moments when you say, okay, if Steph Curry is going to play 35 minutes, go 14 to 22, 6 of 8 from beyond the arc, and drill some of those just classic Steph Curry kind of shots, and then even get to the lane and hit that awkward falling away floater bank shot late in the fourth quarter that really felt like you were you were getting a taste of, oh, this may not be the Nets kind of day. I, I think, does that soften or hurt? Does that soften or harden the blow to you? Because for me, in the fourth quarter, when Steph, when Steph Curry was off like that, I think, all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Steph Curry. If he's going to do that, then yeah, we're probably going to lose this game. As opposed to, if it wasn't for his performance, I would look at it as, well, then you got to get that win. Curry didn't even do his Curry-like things, and you were in this game late. That that makes it a little more palatable to me. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I just I it was watching him go into that mode. We've seen it happen for him for so long over his career, right? Like we just seen this version of Steph that goes off, and at times we you know, especially with the Nets, unless you have Durant or Kyrie, you can feel like you just don't have the requisite firepower to stay in games when he's sure. like that, right? Like it's going to be, it's going to feel really, really tough. He's demoralizing. This is why he's won multiple championships. This is why he's one of the greatest players ever is because when he gets into this mode, it doesn't matter what you do. He just makes everything. I mean, he was like, and he was so in his bag. He called the timeout. Like after the one that looked like it was a total backbreaker, he starts throwing a timeout Jock Vaughn's way. And because he just knows, like he kind of knows it's over. Now on the, on the same token, the Nets have a guy 
you know, that can on a scoring uh, when he's fully in his bag on a scoring night almost can go toe to toe. It's not as consistent as Curry, but I mean, we've already seen Cam Thomas be able to score. And sometimes you can tell really early if it's going to be happening. And this one, you definitely could tell that it was happening um, where he can go toe to toe with some of these guys in terms of just like scoring. And so what makes it also a brutal gut punch is that one, the Curry does it Two, on the other hand, you get Cam Thomas goes 40, it goes for 41 points, 15 for 24, right? Like he's just putting on like the sort of this, like it's almost at this point, vintage Cam Thomas performance that we've seen many times. Yeah. And you just absolutely hate to waste these performances too, where it's like, Oh, we fought, we're going to get this guy. They're going to turn him out. We're going to turn him loose. They're going to play him a million minutes. And which was definitely the plan. He's going to score all the points and they're going to lose. And so it's like, we had our own kind of God mode thing going here. <laughs> yeah. And, and he maybe only, only one God could win, I guess. When, when it's all said to be a, a, war, a war of the world, war of the gods, something like that. There's a movie out there about that. And it was, you know, even that fourth quarter when Curry hit the big shots and even you know, Clay Thompson had a big one in there. There were other warriors that contributed in this fourth, but by and large, it was Cam Thomas that was answering the bell. Okay. I'll go to, I'll go down the other end. I'll set up in the corner. Spencer Dinwiddie had 14 assists in this game. Like I'll get set up, right? You knew that you needed to feed him. One of the unfortunate things too here, and this isn't even a knock about it, but as you get into the later sequences of the fourth quarter, you could tell, and Jock Vaughn tried to do this, let's go offense for defense here, because Cam was getting switched onto by Curry and getting kind of beaten up there a little bit in some of those late sequences. Not knocking Cam Thomas. Without him in his 41 points, we know this game is an absolute mess. But it it is hard, right? Because now you're trying to thread this needle of, getting him off the court and bring him back on. I think it's right to go offense for defense. And then you get a little breakout quick play for the Nets. It goes back the other way and you lose three possessions. And there is some weird equation going on. If you're Jock Vaughn in the Nets, when it comes to Cam Thomas and he's cooking like this, you're like, we need every single bucket we can get out of him. We also need to steal one or two defensive possessions here. And that equation just could not add up quite right. Especially in the fourth quarter, we talk about some of those rebounding sequences and just trying to get transitioning from a defensive rebound getting into the offense, one of the many costly turnovers that ended up just being like the undoing for Brooklyn. Yeah, I think he was going to track to play around 40 minutes in this game. He just got the yeah. fifth foul and like the 240 mark, they had to take him out, right? And I I mean, maybe it's like, maybe it's offense, defense, and they're worried that like with the five fouls, he's just going to be too much of a liability on defense. Maybe he just didn't want to foul out. I, I Look, I don't want to spend too much time in this. I'm always in between on the kind of these kind of things. I think I would have just left him in with the five fouls. Like, I think he had just been too good. And well, I... You, <laughs> Because <laughs> you get stuck in this thing. You get stuck in this thing. It's like, well, you can take him out with five fouls or he can foul out. Either way, he doesn't play. So you might as well just play until he gets the f- sixth foul. <laughs> Right, like it's just well, like, yeah. If the premise is like, yeah, if the premise is the fifth foul is like what was what cues Jacques Vaughn to bring him out, then yeah, I agree. Like, hey, if it's about the foul situation, leave him in. If it's specifically you're trying to steal offensive and defensive possessions, then I'm okay. Like, then I'm okay with it because I yeah. again, those lead ups there are just a few sequences where it's like switch on to Cam, get a good look, switch on to Cam, get a good look, and, and don't get me wrong. Steph Curry also hit big shots over top of Nicholas Claxton extending out beyond the foul line. So it really didn't matter maybe in the end who was going to guard against them. Generally speaking, though, yeah, I always agree with you. It's like you don't get to take the fouls with you. So having him burn out on one more, was it really going to matter in the end? Probably not. The sequences, I think, play out about even no matter which way you slice those final 240. 
what I really hope doesn't happen after this game for Cam, and I've seen this happen before in different, you know, sort of just media sectors talking about his game, is the idea that when he scores a lot of points, like they don't win. And there's like a, there's like the ridiculous, I'm not even going to quote it because I'm not even going to actually look it up, but it's something like when he scores like 40 plus points, they're, they have way more losses than wins. Um, and I, it's, it's something like that. They, that is, it's ridiculous to, to count these. It's arb- totally arbitrary numbers. And the idea that he's him scoring more makes the team worse is like, is ridiculous, especially when it's super efficient, like it was tonight. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, you know, if he's going to, sh- if he's, he's going to do this, like, you know, 40 points or 35 points on 30 shots. Okay. We'll start talking about it when it's 41 points on 24 shots. Like we just don't need to talk about this. And I really hope that these are not the kind of things that happen because I think what we're seeing is continued growth from him. And just the idea, like when he has it going, like he has it tonight, like you just do need to play him all the minutes and just see what happens. And and I, I'm really encouraged by that. And it's unfortunate that the the end result is that they don't win this game because it's like there's nothing about it that I mean, I no one's even contesting this. I just seen this before this, right? No, said, no, no, because because he has a because yeah. because at, at times the, the stat line for him does get one dimensional, right? The assists really aren't they, they don't come in bunches. He you know thirty seven minutes two assists tonight, um, and I get that. But if he, he had ninety one percent for true shooting in the first half, like he was the whole team. He yeah. was the only reason that they even were able to stay. And I know this isn't against you. You're not contesting this, but um, that's the only reason they were even down sixteen. Or whatever they were at the time, oh, and not right. down way more. He's the only, literally, the only guy that could do anything for long stretches in this game. No, no. And by the way, you're I'm on the same page with you because it's the thought that I had. I had I had this thought watching the game about, oh, Cam's cooking. He's going for 35. Looks like he's going to clear 40 here. Somebody somewhere is going to say, well, when Cam scores, the Nets lose, right? And guess what? Not every game is created equal. Games this year are not created equal. He is the reason you're in this game. He's the reason you're in most games. When he scores on volume like that, that is a massive proponent of how they're going to win game X or game Y. And without him in this one, it, you, you'd be talking I, you'd be talking such a different stat line here. Nobody else would be able to do it. Nobody else could fill in a 41-point performance like he does. So hopefully that's not a narrative that comes out of this. It's just unfortunate. Because you also, by the way, though, do want Cam Thomas to get rewarded for these games, right? Like, that's a part of it. You want the of team course, to get rewarded for course. it. Spencer Dinwiddie, if I'll just close out this thought on it before we talk about the, the road trip and the rest of these bench players, the, the bench for the Nets did not have much to say in this particular matchup. Spencer Dinwiddie, he gave you the 16 points, but I said the 14 assists, right? Like, he leaned into that role too. So it's like in games like these, you want everyone that served the right role correctly to get rewarded by saying, and the result is you get wins in, in those scenarios. So unfortunately, the Nets don't get over the line here. Coming up in a second, let's take a look at Mikhail Bridges. Let's take a look at Cameron Johnson. He is starting yeah. to bubble up in the fan base's mind now. And could he have been a more contributing factor in this one? Where do our expectations lie with him? We'll get into that in just one second. All right. No better time to get in on the action with our friends over on FanDuel right now. Over on FanDuel, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. So if you, you know, maybe you were hedging your bets a little bit on your fandom, you maybe bet the money line on the Warriors tonight because, like, yeah, maybe the Nets don't win. I still see a little bit of money in the pocket. If the Warriors take it down on the money line, they would have here, but Nets actually. 
once oh no they didn't they didn't minus three and a half <laughs> it was minus three and a half i was gonna say one of the best teams against the spread warriors was luck boxes pull it out against the spread as well winning by four either way if you had bet the warriors on that money line as a new customer you better walk in away with 150 bucks in bonus bets not just that spreads player props over under so much more visit fanduel.com slash locked on this nba season fanduel official partner of the nba all right, so as we tie a bow on the Saturday night special, 124-120 loss for the Brooklyn Nets, 1-3 on the road trip. They got one more game against the Jazz, and even though Doug and I both got pretty excited after that win over the Phoenix Suns, it does look like the 2-3 and three that you and I said would be a successful road trip. We can be in line for that. Got to focus up when it comes to the Jazz. Looking inside this box score, though, too, um, obviously we can talk about, Spencer Dale mentioned the 14 assists for him. It's a solid game for, for Bridges from a box score perspective, but 6 of 17 from the field, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc. You mentioned that little bunny layout that doesn't go in. That uh, probably uh, Real would... quick, real quick on that one. I just want to ask you a question before we move yeah. on to another thing. That la- that final shot, it was it – was, Cam Thomas has 41 points in this game. Bridges ha- is 6 for 17 and had struggled for, at times, right? I, I'm not trying to be leading with this. Would you – would you have run that last play for Cam or for Mikhail? I, I, because I think there's probably some debate one way or the other here about who should have taken this last shot. What did you like the shot? Did you like the play call? I mean, like we, we I guess we never really talked about that as a choice here. Yeah, I mean, you know, ball goes in, good play call, right? Ball doesn't go in, bad call. I'll I'll answer that with the way that I talk about some of the young players on the team, right? You know, then we talk about Jalen Wilson played some tonight, right? Trenton Watford. I I love seeing young guys play. I love seeing young guys get rewarded. And mostly what that is, is the theme of, I like seeing guys that are playing well get rewarded, right? Sometimes I say to you, maybe you play Royce a little less in that game and you lean in more minutes. And you say, well, you know, you, you the hierarchy you have says what you go with. Cam Thomas is cooking in this game. Yeah, Cam Thomas should get the final shot, right? Like, like he, he's been the guy. He, he's the reason you're still in the game. He's the reason you're able to come back in this one. He has 41 points, not a knock on McHale. I think it's just that thing where you go, hey, hot hand. And the Nets are not a team built with a Luka, a Kyrie, a Kevin Durant, a LeBron James, where it's like obviously the best player, you know, clearly is going to get that ball, right? And then he chooses. Now, I always trust Mikhail probably to make the right basketball decision in, in those spots. But yeah, designing it and having it drawn up for a Cam Thomas in this type of game, yeah, makes all the sense in the world. Because when he's on, he's on. Like he is 91 true shooting percentage, first half kind of on. Yeah, I think the only thing that maybe factored in there was he had just sat. Now, again, this is on Vaughn, too, because I wouldn't have sat him either. But, the, the you know, maybe he, been, he would basically have been sitting out up to that point and, like, maybe he's cold coming off the bench. The shot for Bridges was a good one. I mean, yeah. it was basically nearly uncontested. He blew he blew a layup. He blew it. I mean, there's no other, no other way to phrase it. Um, I do think it's a little I, – I would have liked to see Thomas. It's like, hey, you pulled in 41. You couldn't miss. We're putting your hands here. I don't see who pushes back against that. I did rewatch the play to see if he had been like a primary option and Bridges had been a secondary one, but it wasn't. It was clearly for Bridges from the beginning. Like he was, Thomas was in the dunker spot with pods on him and that was kind of it. So, um, yeah, no, anyway, I, I probably would have done this a little bit differently, but I just wanted to, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not like, it's, I'm not going to roll over and lose lose sleep over it because I still think the look was pretty good. And I think if Mikhail Bridges is taking your last shot, I mean, remember this were like four games removed from him hitting a buzzer beater against yeah, the Hawks. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like this guy hasn't been in the spot. Um, and but I, yeah, I, it's I, less I, about you make a really good McHale. point. You make yeah. a good point that like the team doesn't really have a true true alpha, and lacking that, I, I probably would default to hot hand. Yeah, and I think I think it's okay for the Nets to potentially to be that type of team again. 
good shot doesn't go down. But they say point blank miss. It is what it is. The other thing that lastly that I'll just bring up here inside of it is when you look in, you know, no bench in this game tonight for yep. the Brooklyn Nets, right? You flip it over to the Warriors side where you had Wiggins, you had Sarge. They came in and gave you 26 points combined on their own, four points kicked in from a couple other guys. But by the way, I mean, Chris Paul, I say a couple other guys. He's one of those other guys who had 11 assists in this game coming off the bench. You just didn't have any of the juice in this one. Now, it's minimal minutes for Watford, Wilson, and Sharp. 34 for Royce O'Neal. So, Jock Vaughn just shortens the bench right up, gets very tight and very restrictive with it. I, you know, on the one hand, I get it, and everybody scores double digits. The other side of it, though, is that your bench has always been a factor for you. Like, part well, of the reason you win these games for that, but given the guys you don't have, that, yes, that to right. me tells the whole tale here. Who you don't have available is like, well, yes, our bench, but that's when we have three or four yeah. other guys available to choose from. Just because you sit on the Nets bench doesn't mean you get good by sitting there. Like, like, and oh, no, at so some point, say, maybe that's all it takes, Doug. At some point, you lose enough guys. You're right. No DSJ, no Lonnie Walker, obviously no Dorian Finney-Smith. They really could have used him tonight. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, I, I'm all for what Vaughn did. And this is not going to be the, this is not going to be the matchup for Sharp. Like there's just going to be too much Steph stuff and too much switching, and they're just going to get they're going to brutalize him that way in the pick and roll. And so I I'm I'm all for I'm actually hard too that 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 as impressive we as we have been with Dayron Sharp, we still see matchups where you go, oh, this is going to be rough to have him really out there on the floor. Exactly, and they tried Jalen. Jalen Wilson looked lost. Like he he just didn't uh, he was he it's not his fault like this is a really tough matchup they run so much motion like it's gonna be really hard to jump in there so I'm actually fine with the really sh the shortening of the rotation yeah. especially especially when they saw that the game was starting to get within reach like I think when when they saw that especially in the second half when they had a chance like that third quarter where they go up thirty five or they put up a thirty five twenty five third quarter and they and they see that oh we might have these guys a little on the ropes. And they do. I mean, the Warriors are still working out their own mess. Like you said, they just changed their starting lineup two games ago. This is a team that's dealing with all new rotations. Obviously, no Draymond. Um, so, like, this is, it's a team in flux. And the second that they put them on the ropes, they, they get the crowd completely out of it for a long stretch, right? Yeah, and to yeah. get all the way back in. I mean, at that point, I'm all for leaning all the way in on these minutes. I mean, these are huge starter minutes. Din Dinwiddie, 40 minutes. Mikhail's 42 minutes. Um, even Cam. I, Cam would have, I, I believe for sure, Cam would have played 40 minutes if he hadn't picked up that fifth foul. I, I do feel pretty strongly around that. That would have been an unbelievable load for him. So I'm all for the consolidation of minutes around the starters, especially with this group, because they have they are just getting thin on the bench. They've, they've lost too many dudes at this point. So, yeah, I, it's hard to argue with the rotations. I like to see this every once in a while. It's a playoff rotation. It's like these are our, these are our six best guys. This is all you're going to get tonight. Right. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it ends up not being enough. So that's a bummer. They fall to one and three here now. And we said we're going to stick around here, obviously, as we always do live on YouTube for a little bit with you, the fans. You know, you can throw up your questions as we work our way towards that. But it it. it it does change the complexion now and put a bit of a spotlight just to briefly look ahead on that Utah jazz game. Right. Cause now yeah. you can, you can say, we can say all the things we want about this game. Hey, they were down. They fought back. It was close. They had a chance da, 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 da. if they go out and lose against the jazz and it's, then it's just a one and four road trip. Like it doesn't matter. We won't, you know, we always talk about when you look back, you won't worry about who was playing on the other side of the court. When you got the wins, their W's in the column. Guess what? When we look back, it's just going to be one and four on a road trip. And now you're coming home and you know, you have some difficult matchups too. So it, it does require this team, which has been really good at it to be like wipe reset. And let's get ourselves back on track. The Dorian Finney Smith injury here is going to be interesting to watch too. Cause now we are also butting up against just that timeline of, okay, now it's too many injuries. Like now we're getting to the point where the depth that we have built 
is starting to get eroded, at least in the short term. Yeah, I do feel very still pretty good about the Jazz matchup. I did, yeah. does not feel doesn't seem like the Jazz are in, want to win at all these days. Um, I mean, they already lost. I mean, we'll do a game preview on this one. So yeah, I don't yeah, go yeah. too far into this one, but um, still feel okay about that Jazz game. And overall, if you just look at this from the top down, I think it's hard to feel again bone crushingly disappointed with how the road trip has gone so far. Right, the Kings game was rough. They beat the Suns. They got crushed by the Nuggets. That was always going to be tough. Um, and now, you know, and this one was close. And so it's, it's hard. We knew this was going to be one of the more difficult, if not the most difficult four game stretch of the entire season. And so I don't know. It's, I, I think I'm overall, like my opinion of the team has not really changed at all over these games. I don't think, except that I just know that my expectations are climbing a little bit higher and higher each time because of that they play well a lot of these games and that's just sort of where they end up landing so i don't know still we still got a bunch to talk about like i said we're gonna stay stick around here in youtube i do live. want do to want slay to this sorry just a quick closing thought here i do also i do want the nets to slay this this proverbial dragon of like the golden state warriors have name cachet right they, they are a dynasty this all that stuff. Good, yeah you want that right and then by the way that's what the phoenix one was right you're the new yes. big three you want to give us a taste of our own medicine we beat you right like that that that's the one thing here of these next 10 or 15 games when you see a marquee matchup on it i do want to see it kind of be oh the nets are a team that you can get snake bit by and can steal a couple of these games it did it against phoenix couldn't do it against golden state so that's probably just my last like next step for this team is be that problem for some of the better teams and start to say maybe we're actually climbing up that pecking order a little bit more sorry yeah, for sure. Just to clarify, I I, I would say my expect like my my feeling of the team has not changed at all. No, and this was really disappointing. Like I was pissed <laughs> <laughs> that they lost this game, and that's only and that's again only because my expectations of the team are rising, right? And so I think that's just where you end up landing. Again, this is paradox of sports. Okay, we are going to stick around here in YouTube. We will be talking uh, Cam Johnson a little bit as well. Make sure you throw in your comments there. Um, make sure you subscribe if you're not already subscribed over on YouTube. If you're in there right now, a lot of people over in chat. Make sure you hit subscribe. Don't, don't be silly. This this is free. Just get get the subscribe. Get the alerts. Make sure you uh, subscribe wherever listen to the podcast as well. And of course, when Mikhail Bridges missed that little layup, he was heard to say, "I miss you in ways that not even words can understand." That's Gemma Troy. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back uh, in a second on YouTube talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Day.